situation they're not going to cheat it that's what i've heard but it's really healthy because at the moment uh it's right in the middle of the episodes with the computer counting down this big clock yeah. and there's nothing healthier for a man who spends two hours a day watching uh numbers <laughs> <count down. laughs> in his spare time to watch computer countdown what she doesn't like pick away it's your good on your have they used right. my idea yet reassembling the gilligan's island cast and having them bum into them on that island oh, that idea. Be good. i love that some of them are still living just slap the monster over the head with the, with the skipper's hat. Digitally, they can do Add these people. Oh, look, speaking of, we'll get to that. We'll get to what we can do with When you watch Star Digital Effects, I love those spooky shows from the late 80s and early 90s. Oh, yes. You know, you know this one here? <laughs> Yeah. 
counsel forget this. I've not met Humphreys. Not what he's doing in the courtroom, but let's leave him there. Okay, he's good. A lot of things we can't talk about in detail. Sure, here we go. Allegedly. Yeah, just, uh, just you know, that should cover us for the next few minutes. Okay. Cut and paste that into everything I yeah. say. Story that's uh, going around in Victoria. An Adelaide woman will be charged with administering drugs to a prominent Melbourne QC who remains in a critical condition after being found nude and unconscious in a hotel room last Friday. That'll happen. Uh, he was found by an ex-member of the Gypsy Jokers bikey gang who he was to represent in court. I love it when the most uh, responsible figure in a story is an ex-bikey <laughs> member who's up on charges. <laughs> when he's setting the moral example for everyone else in the room. Taking the high road. Absolutely. Okay. Can't say any more about that. No, we can't. We say, didn't he wake up? Didn't the guy wake up? Yeah. No, I don't think he did. Rich, can you set this up? You passed it over to Rich. Um, well, he was, he, was, he was unconscious. He was yeah. found unconscious in a hotel room in Adelaide. Yeah, no. Wasn't there a well, prostitute? Wasn't there was a prostitute there, wasn't there? Uh, no, 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 there wasn't. No, there, no, there wasn't. wasn't. Okay, there wasn't. That's okay. where we bust out that allegedly okay. that we heard earlier. Let's just segue to the next story. I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> Happy endings from Parramatta. <laughs> no! 
What else is going on? I'm free. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go overseas to Germany. Uh, according to a new court ruling, uh, bald men in Germany have no right to state-funded wigs. Absolutely. Uh, a court rejected an appeal by a man to have the cost of his hairpiece paid for by a health insurer, mm. saying the problem was not unusual enough among men to justify his claim. Mm. Uh, it's considered a landmark ruling in the area of state-funded wigs, equaled only by the influential Bill Kelty, Chris Corrigan versus Bastard Boys case. <laughs> <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> Did you watch that? Film? Oh, Bastard Boys. Uh, I worked a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any uh, view on the politics of it because I just couldn't get past some of the dodgy Aussie acting. Oh, really? There were just a few of my least favourite Australian actors. And there's one who I won't say who he is, but in everything he does, a voice like this, yeah, Simon's Aussie, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll see him interviewed at the AFI once he talks like this. Oh, yeah, it's another wonderful performance. Yeah. Treading the boards. I just find him so unconvincing. But there's a great... <laughs> uh, Letter today is the Somebody He's the everyman. He says, well, you know, he's just an ordinary bloke out there treading the boards, and you've got to bring him down. Someone has written in, Greg Angelo of Baldwin North has uh, is furious by Bastard Boys on the ABC, expecting a docudrama uh, I watched with some interest. Um, some interest. Real characters were misrepresented. Listen to this. Bastard Boys will join Amadeus. It's a blatant misrepresentation of real people and events for commercial gain. Unlike Salieri and Amadeus, at least the real characters in the waterfront dispute can voice their disapproval. So this bloke knows exactly what was going on with Mozart and Salieri. You're going to bat for Salieri. But hang on, if you start applying that standard, well, all of Shakespeare would have to be thrown out the yeah, door. Yeah, very true. What about uh, Robin Hood would have to go? Well, what about Paul Mercurio's portrayal of Jesus? <laughs> How's our Lord and Savior feel about that? And wasn't Dennis Hopper playing Moses in the same production? Oh, uh, more. No, ben Kingsley was playing Moses. More defamatory, libelous performing from our acting friends. Remember Peter Pan? Oh, that cat. Oh, that. He can't defend himself. He can't defend himself. It's real, wasn't it? I think so. I think so. I love how he's just picked up on Amadeus. <laughs> Out of all of the true stories that have been told in 100 years of cinema, it's the most of story that really got to it. Because <laughs> he was cutting a fart in that movie. He was. Tom Hulse was, I think, Oscar nominated for dropping a couple of parts. Ah, oh, man, where's Rodney Roode's nominations? <laughs> Man's never got enough fire in his life. He's been right. dropping him for 30 years. Mozart never tore one off. I'm right after the murder. Is that enough legal matters? I am free. Let's have some music here and get this. on Triple M. Oh, you watch the battlefield. Yeah. The politics of the film suddenly flirting. Mm. How's that during the break? Yeah. Richard Marsden asking our producer, Nikki, if uh, she's seen certain Jennifer Garner films. Mm. What were you saying, Rich? Your favourite bit? How many are there? Uh, well, the favorite, there's, a, there's a key scene involving that song. Uh, oh, lots of fun scenes. I took my little sister to see it on her birthday. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it more than I thought. I would. So you did. Now, what were you saying about the ideas for the magazine? You really think she's got some good ideas for magazines? Well, she's tasked she's uh, with um, revamping the magazine because mm -hmm. sales are down. It's a fashion magazine or something like that. Of course it is. And uh, so she has a high school motif. And it's actually a pretty cool idea. Oh. The photos have come out are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm, I'm, uh, I like yeah, so her ideas for, to have people photograph in school uniforms. Yeah, it's like a, the idea a great that you think is great. It's not that. It's the motif. <laughs> we have great inappropriate schoolroom behaviour coming up in the next room. Next thing you know, I'm found unconscious in a hotel. So true. Yeah, as usual. <laughs> I love, what did you say the film was called? 
Is it 13 going on 30? Well, it's called 13 going on 30 in America. And I love that when local distributors go, oh, people are too stupid in Australia. They won't get that. They, they won't, won't understand that at all. We'd better just call it suddenly 13. Better. So they have to reprint the poster. Yeah. They have to redo the opening title yeah. at massive cost. Yeah. But better. Much better. Because people won't get the phrase 13 going on 30. It's too over people's heads, isn't it? They're flying high in aeroplane. That's right. The word aeroplane, people won't know what the hell you're talking That's about. That's true. They, they changed it from airplane to flying high yeah. because Australian audiences might think it's a real airport move. That's true. Didn't bother anyone else. No, it's in the world. It's one of the biggest hits of the year. <laughs> Here's an obscure one. Good. Deadly Pursuit. With yeah. uh, Sydney Poitier. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know that one? Not running on empty. No, it's called Deadly Pursuit with uh, Tom Berenger. One oh, good scene on a flying fox. Oh. It was actually called Shoot to Kill. It came out the week of the uh, Hoddle Street shootings in Melbourne. Oh, they changed they it. They changed it from Shoot to Kill to Deadly Pursuit. Oh. Is anyone listening to no, 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 they're not. Let's get back onto legal matters. <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> Chappelle Corby meeting Indus, uh, Indonesia's new justice minister, oh, yes. Andy Mevalada. And uh, look, it's all smiles, everyone's joking around. Oh, loving it. You're the celebrity prisoner and you're the new justice yeah, minister yeah. and everyone's yeah, gagging away. Like, going. Everything's going really well. It looks almost like she was about to be let out. So it's going so well. And then uh, the prison okay. warden, I uh, can't say his name, told Mr. Mevalada, <laughs> he, he mentioned that Corby had written a book. Uh, Mr. Metalata asked about its content. Corby replied, oh, it's just about my life here in prison. We'd asked if he could see it. Corby said, oh, I haven't kept any copies. The book, My Story, is scathing about the Indonesian <laughs> justice system and life inside Kerabogan prison. There you go. I love that. What about those seven copies on that shelf? Not mine. No, that's, yeah, yeah. That's a different, that's a different book I've wrapped in my cover. That's Ruth Cracknell's My Story. <laughs> that's a different one. So is the book, could I get it on the internet? No, no, it'd be out of print, I reckon. I reckon. I reckon. Wouldn't bother to try and get that. Yeah, I've got a copy of Lolly Scramble here, <laughs> if you'd like. <laughs> Very whimsical anecdotes in there. <laughs> no prison gear. No. Uh, so yeah, anyway. no prison gear in yours. Wuss. It took my time working in advertising. <laughs> oh, it's pretty <laughs> scary. Uh, okay, is that enough legal matters? I am free! I've got one more. Yeah, one more. It is. Uh, a gang of men armed with sleeve hammers smashed their way into a, a Sydney shopping uh, complex early yesterday. Mm. This story is from months and months ago, of course. Yep. The, glass, the men smashed the front glass doors of a shopping centre in blah, blah, blah. Police said the men left the scene a short time later empty-handed. No. A silver car, a Volkswagen Golf found at the mm. scene was impounded yesterday. So hang on a sec. So, so essentially what's happened is, firstly, it's very stealthy. Yeah. That's what I like about it. They've gone, we need to rob some stuff. Yeah. Let's, let's go. We'll just smash through the front door and no one will be able to hear that. And then when they got there, they realized, who's brought a bag? Well, I brought a hammer. I also brought a sledgehammer. <laughs> oh, I brought a sledgehammer as well. I thought I was on hammers. I, I, I got the, I the email said hammers for everyone. I didn't bring it. I, we have really stuffed this up. <laughs> and then when they tried to leave, they've, they've just walked away. They're like, we should probably walk away from this. Just put a, put a hat on our hammer, pretend it's our little brother. No one will know the difference. So they, these guys have come out of it. This is their, 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 their score. Loot, zero, card, minus one. <laughs> well done, fellas. <laughs> I'm free. Not the much sizzled, got a hammer, got a friend. Got a hammer, got a friend. How long have you been sitting on that? Last time. And you know the funny thing is, it's not, my jokes aren't like wine, but they don't get better with time. They just sort of stay like passion pop. Kind of, you know, you be feeling. I'm sure the listeners will be disappointed to discover we haven't got time for sport. 
That's coming soon. Let's uh, get this around the nation on Triple M. Get this brought to you by the massive pulling power yeah. of the Nissan Navara. And oh, talking about massive, what about the uh, Bacon Field Get This podcast? What's in a ton of 40 minutes of, uh, well, you be the judge what it is. <laughs> podcast 83 contains all Tony's plums. Oh, that was very disturbing there. Remember TV Week or Cavalier? Angus Sampson's name drop challenge. That was a bit of fun the other day. That's in there. Guzzy coming by in the next hour. Guzzy. Finish because we, you know, you just never get enough Guzzy time when you've already started. Uh, Celebrity sex tips. And then it says, track eight, does Richard Marsland enjoy sex with our yeah, That was an expose that yeah. we had to have. Yeah. Oh, Last week we had, is Richard Marsland on Australia? Yeah. And I love that this morning. Like, Richard was kind of put out by that. Yeah. And I'm going, look, I'm talking about my plum ultrasound. Ken yeah. Cavalli suffering through the indignity of donkey courtroom. Yes. I didn't mean to sound put out. We're all the same boat. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right, Listeners. Donkey courtroom. Oh. Due to numbers of requests like we've never Awful. had before. Awful. Probably the worst thing we've ever done, you think, is on the podcast at the end. It's like a bonus track. So it doesn't eat into quality bacon time. <laughs> it's the revolution number nine of the <laughs> podcast. And we spent hours and hours editing and tidying up our podcast. We go to way too much trouble, but Donkey Courtroom is untouched. <laughs> and it went to here. Podcast. I can't listen to that. free, yeah. go to the Triple M. Yeah, check it out. Good on your time. Go to iTunes. It's all free. Yeah. It's just for the goodwill 
post free. I'm spending too much time and trouble on stuff. But we don't get nearly as many, as hit, as many hits as the tree friends. Yeah. And is it the sex tips thing? The sex tips is at number two on our shoes. Yeah. Sex tips are a podcast. That's what we need, some sex tips. There are. There are celebrity sex tips. You know, really? Like one. Have we talked about it enough? Let's go climbing. <laughs> I'm worried about this. Ed Cavalier has written down this phrase, inappropriate teacher behaviour. Not that kind of inappropriate behaviour. We're just talking about more... What? Hijinks. Hijinks, that's it. Well played. Jewelry, skylarking, fucking about the other shallow end. Nothing illegal. Well, what are you talking about? Why are we doing well, this? There's a few reasons that we're doing this. Uh, uh, grandparents filed a lawsuit over broke back in class. Oh. Her grandparents have sued the Chicago School Board, blah, 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 uh, saying that the teacher showed them broke back mountain in class. Uh, they're wanting $500,000 in damages. The, the girl says that she was traumatized. Oh. In a statement, she said, it was horrible. I couldn't understand a word he said. <laughs> and then he put this makeup on to look old, and his daughter was clearly older than him. <laughs> We'll never recover. Everybody's doing the beer. I wore a beer to beat for that woman. <laughs> doing that voice. is main inspiration. That's the evidence that I remember when we were at school. Yeah. Uh, I had a teacher who uh, shall remain nameless for various reasons. Yeah. Who showed us less than zero when we were in year oh, eight. Really? This is rewarding. And then we had a discussion afterwards about the themes and what happened. And do you remember that scene where Robert Downey Jr. has to go and kind of prostitute himself out for a while? Yeah. He's got a drug debt. Sure. It was a long... We stayed back yeah. during lunch to get the full explanation of that. In, in 750 words, compare and contrast the two different versions of Hazy Shade of Winter, <laughs> Simon, Simon and Garfunkel or the Bangles. What have we learned from that movie, class? Uh, don't get a really good book and cut Andrew McCarthy in the lead of the movie. Uh, and then we watched this movie, too, and then he followed that up with, do you remember that? There was a film, as it was supposing that there was a nuclear holocaust today, uh, and the film was set in the next week after it happened. Oh, the day after? Yeah. I think that might well, be. we're in year eight. Oh, great. And he said that he's closing, we're all walking out, class, class. Remember, every time you see a plane go overhead, it could be holding a nuclear payload. <laughs> so, I'll see you after lunch. No, wake up to your <laughs> Get a grip. <laughs> We had, uh, you know, we would see, you know, Hamlet and one blow over the cuckoo's nest, whatever was on the syllabus. But the school had one print for, like, if uh, sport was cancelled, was rained out. They had a print of The End. The End, which is a film directed by Burt Reynolds. <laughs> oh, right. Starring Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. Oh, yeah. A morbidly obese man, is it? I, no, that's Fatso. Oh, sorry. Directed by <laughs> Anne Bancroft. <laughs> Thank you. Now, The End, as I remember it, is a comedy about suicide. Here's <laughs> <laughs> something to show to the kids at school. Laugh it up, kids. It's got Dom DeLuise. I can't remember much about right, it. I swear yeah. this is a real movie. It's yeah, called right, The right. End. Okay. There you go. We would have preferred Cannonball Run too, obviously. <laughs> really? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think uh, Deloise has a cape in the end. <laughs> I like him caped up. Caped up and cracking out the bloopers under the end credits. <laughs> so I don't know if that's inappropriate, but that's the kind of thing you're talking about, right? Is that what we want? Yeah, yeah, that's what we're going for. Okay. We're not going for the kind of thing that happened to my friend uh, when he was at school. Yeah, well, do we need to hear <laughs> what do we need to know? What do you reckon? Yeah, let's just see what happens. Let's just say it. Here's the, okay, my uh, school's art teacher was constantly at war 
with, uh, you know, the management of the school about his unconventional teaching methods. And I remember we came in one day and he was drunk and he'd been there all night blowing stuff up in the kiln. Starting with bits of pottery yeah. and then just moving on to the overhead projector. <laughs> And we never saw him again. We had a, uh, one of my teachers, he used to have this great trick where he'd have like a sort of, he'd buy a sports car, but he wouldn't buy the latest one. He'd buy one about five or six years old, but it was still cool. Right. Like he was rocking a Ford Capri <laughs> in the late 90s, holding on to the dream. Right. And uh, he had this trick where all of a sudden he'd be dating one of the year 12s that had just left a few months after they uh, graduated. Right, right. And you weren't meant to say anything. Okay. Like, so you'd be at a bar and he'd roll up with what's her name? And you'd be like, well... Surely someone should be getting charged over this. <laughs> but apparently it was all cool because he'd done the groundwork <laughs> when she was at school okay. but hadn't consummated until they'd left. Yeah, so this is this the area, area, right? This is the area we've got to be careful about. So we've got to watch that area. <laughs> inappropriate teacher behaviour at your school, Mr. Martin? Well, interesting, the punishments that used to be dished out before there were laws about this kind of thing mm. because they would get very creative. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Would yeah. you yourself? Um, I never spanked myself, um, but uh, I, I was spanked um, in primary school. Also. <laughs> and on the Bessie Bardot show several times. <laughs> and uh, but one uh, on school camp one time, uh, there was a kid playing up. So uh, the teachers all ganged up on this one kid. And this is terrible. They, they tied him up with gaffer tape and his hands and legs and put him on a raft in the middle of the lake. <laughs> That's outrageous. That you could not do that to Welcome back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So All right. Peter, uh, Peter Swanson got sent home from our Year 7 camp for standing up <laughs> in the middle of... He had a brainwave. We were all eating lunch. And he put his fork down. It was around the time of the 40-hour famine. Put his fork down. Stood up on the table and went, Everyone, everyone, the 40-hour F-word, we can do it. Well, no, it's not the kids. Sorry, it's got to be the teachers. And we'd like it to be legal. Okay, give us a call. One triple three five three. Get this on triple. And the emphasis is on education mm. at the moment in this country. What are the teachers up to? Here? Hi, Simone. Hi, how are you? We're excellent. What happened? Well, we knew eleven and twelve. We were like all about sixteen, seventeen. We used to have a teacher who used to be a bouncer outside of ours. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, he'd let us all into the nightclubs, you know, would sneak in when we were 16, 17. <laughs> and then during the week, he'd teach us legal studies. get into the classroom? Not a no shoes? No, not at all. You on the list? You on the list? Yeah. Uh, nice work, Simone. And kept relatively clean. Congratulations. No worries. Thank you. Thanks. There's a nightclub going. Look, if you've got some ecstasy, share it with everybody. Absolutely. Did you bring it up for everyone, did you? Are you chewing? Hello. Oh, good one, Tony. Hi, Michael. How are you? Okay, uh, uh, What happened, mate? Oh, I had a year 12 theatre teacher who was always getting into trouble. Oh, yeah. She had a did. wonderful sense of humour. Yeah. Uh, one day she had the Queensland Performing Arts Theatre makeup um, specialist come in and do an open festering wound on one of the girls. Oh, fantastic. And then? She thought it was so realistic, she sent us straight up to the office to report the injury. There was a, uh, a music teacher at my friend's school that insisted every time there was uh, there was school photographs, he would come dressed as a bee. 
let's get ready to roll. the right there. Well, he has a page on here which are called Rumble Rewards. Uh, Rumble.com. <laughs> the Bumper Partnership now offers a financial reward to those who report a corroborated, unauthorized use resulting in an actual recovery of the Let's Get Ready to Rumble, Get Ready to Rumble, or Ready to Rumble service mark changes and any paraphrasing of these marks, including Get Ready to Crumble. <laughs> Are you all ready to rumble? Let's get ready to gamble. Or use of Michael Buffer's famous rendition of his copyrighted Let's Get Ready to Rumble record. I reckon you owe about $7,000 just on that last... <laughs> you did not know what I was going to talk about. Let's get ready to crumble. So even like uh, bastardization, take his convention. Let's get ready to ramble. Bushwalkers are in trouble. Bushwalkers. It says, uh, let's get ready to wamble <laughs> on his website. That it's a crumb. It's like uh, Paris Hilton copyrighted the site. Now that's hot. Oh, that's hot. Um, you know, that's good for get, uh, global warming increases. More people will be so using it. Oh, that's hot. That's in 25 weeks of power on the ground. Hey, we're not even uh, into the show yet. We're on a rainy day. Okay. That's the good thing. When everything comes in, and we love it, so let's have some music. We're back with more because in the moment I'll get this. Get this on Triple M, where we're always on for a bit of Pussy Samson. And we did get finished with him the other day. Give him a round of applause. back from. I've been going great. Did he call you back? No. Last week, uh, we rang Ugly Dave, and I was really hoping that when it went to his message bank, and Tony started talking him, impersonating a uh, A&R record. Yes. Yes. I was really hoping that you'd just hang up at Mars Bar and come in with uh, oh, the Hotel California or so. I've ruined it for you. And then it's been like, and here's the angle. Clean up the bed. Uh, hello, David. Yeah, uh, Although we had uh, Jane Allstop here yesterday. Well, well, some of the people who are in the film are cooperating with the film, like Nolene Brown. Okay. So maybe uh, Ugly Dave's, you know, giving you a wide berth for those reasons. Well, as opposed to me spoiling it for you. <laughs> I would only think that Dave may not be into the project because he wasn't featured enough in it. Yeah, no, no, that's true. But what there is. There's a bit where there's a great shot where the ratings come in for blankety blanks and they just cut to Guzzi and they go, fun just. That was just an improvised line. They just went, great, we'll do that again, thanks. You know when sometimes you're on set, Edward, you'll know this, where... For whatever reason, they haven't called cut. Oh, I love those moments. Yeah, for whatever yeah. reason, they're like, whether or not it's, you know, they're, they're holding on it for a, for a moment. Yeah. And that was a moment where we were just sort of performing uh, well, it from the um, uh, ABC TV Melbourne studio, yeah, yeah, yeah. where I used to work on a show called Recovery there. And it was great to go back. And uh, But it was really empty and sparse. <laughs> and the extras were like, uh, what are we doing? And it was cold. And no one really knew what was going on. And when they when they rehearsed that scene, there was no one said anything for ages, and I just went, that's it, and of course it's in. Well, two things. Firstly, we should point out that Guzzi is being attacked by his own dog during this interview. Winston. Winston, beautiful Winston's here, and with his new chicken. 
Yes, but he's very happy with his new chicken. That's not a real chicken. That's a stuffed chicken. It's a stuffed chicken. And you say filming the um, the theme set at Channel 9 at the ABC. Why didn't they film them at Channel 9? Especially given that Channel 9 are one of the investors in the show sure. and whose logo appears at the beginning. Well, you used to do that on the late show. You used to go to Channel 9 a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, was that because they passed on? Oh, well, there was... No, well, we shot the pilot, pilot at Channel 9 yeah. and then they said it would never work, so we went to the ABC and... Um, Still shifting units. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I love that. We don't get any of the cash from it, but they're still shifting. Talk one after you, Martin. Well, there's a television program that I believe is still on Australian Airways called One Versus a Hundred. Yes. And they showed that at um, Studio Seven at Dockland in Melbourne. That's that's not really? selling on, yeah. Really? That, that, because the set is so large, mm-hmm. so, isn't it? Channel 9 filmed that at Channel 7. And what else? I'm here. Shout out to Channel 31. And, uh, yeah, that's Channel 31. Uh, shoot, who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. But, all, um, all of Water Rats was shot at <laughs> Channel 31. Surprise. Stuff at sea. Surprise. Just in a tiny red tank. A couple of lights and blue paint. A couple of guys with buckets just chucking them. Water at the We are talking complete nonsense. Let's get back on the track. I know Guzzi's got a couple of uh, bombshells from the internet. Let's do that next on Get This. Suddenly I see here at Get This around the nation on Triple M. Angus Sampson and Dog are with us today. Uh, what have you been watching on the telly, you were saying, Angus? Well, the reason I got onto this person, Michael Buffer, yeah. well, I didn't get onto him. Oh, but, no. um, He's the tuxedo ring announcer. Mm. If you had got onto him, he would have said, it's time to rumble. <laughs> he, he, I mean, he's, he's got his own poker. You can play poker via his website. I probably shouldn't be advertising that. No. But I did happen to spend an evening at home the other night with my, one of my housemates, and um, we were flicking through Foxdale, and he said, oh, go back to that, go back to Fox 8. I'm like, what? He said, you've got to see the show. Man versus beast. I watched it yesterday. Oh, what is that? I haven't seen it. It's that. tremendous. Go, Gwizzy. Talk us through it. Well, I wasn't sure if you'd seen it. No, I presumed that Ed had, you know, was across it, and I yeah. thought Martha uh, might have been in the second one. <laughs> 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 but it, I've got it. Up, I've got a, a page of it up for you to be able to All read. Right. This is from the Wikipedia. Man vs. Beast is a series of sensationalistic TV specials aired in the United States. Blah blah blah. Blah, blah, blah. They involve a variety of challenges in which people and animals compete against each other. Yep. Wow. Although the initial special was heavily panned by critics and animal rights groups, Fox commissioned a sequel, (laughs) Man vs. Beast 2. Uh, Now, the thing that I saw was the world eating champion, Obayashi. Yes, that's right. Now, he has never lost an eating competition until now. Mm-hmm. When he, he took on it heavily. He took on a Kodiak bear. Yeah. He, he, he took on an Alaskan bear. And they and I I really wanted to play some sound bites of it. <laughs> Suffice to say, the host of the show is Michael Buffer, the Let's Get Ready. Ah, okay, right. right. So his one of this one was, Let's Get Ready to Eat Meat. <laughs> That was his. That's what I saw. That was the first thing I saw. Wait, so what is, are you noticing the bit, though, in that segment? Because just Kobe Aki, he's at the start, he's quite confident. They're eating sausages, I think. He's like little frankfurts, hot dogs. And Kobe Aki's in here with rhythm, and he's, he's beating the bear. And the bear kind of is chomping along. And I think the bear tweaks to what's going on. Hmm. The bear gives Kobe Aki a look and then just pause. 
more Frankfurts than you'd ever hope to have at a 15-year-old's birthday party, straight down the throat, and bang, he wins. It's amazing. A group of straight drama. A group of 44 midgets lost yeah. a race against an Asian elephant to see which could pull a commercial jet a certain distance. <laughs> you can get... You can... You guys will be putting this on the Get This website yeah. uh, if you do want to check this but out. But how is that a match? Someone's gone 44 midgets equals one elephant. What they did say was uh, little little people. Yes, of course they did. Of course they did. No, but the, the, the commentary was very funny. They had a lot of little... And I saw some little people not pulling their weight. Absolutely yeah. right. Some yeah, of them had like, the, yeah. the back. They're like, once they get over the inertia, it's the race to the end. <laughs> yeah, those were some of the commentaries. Um, there's... The, uh, they do a sort of a Rocky-esque setup with you know, the Ashley V the Bear, mm-hmm. um, which they call the Alaskan Cruncher, yeah. I believe. <laughs> um, and they've, they've, there's a bit of uh, poetic editing in there, like at the end of the uh, the race, which uh, starts when the bear eats the first sausage. Mm-hmm. Um, they cut to the bear, go, you know, giving him a, 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 a roar just to rub it in, <laughs> giving him some. Like like you know, like like an ex- exclamation of I've won. They've hung they've hung hung flags behind Kobayashi, oh, a, a Japanese flag and an American flag behind the bear to try and instill. He's surrounded by electric fans. It is. It looks like the running man. It looks like the running man. That's a bit. The the arena looks like the running man. And the commentary has got to be heard to be believed. But that is one segment of it. Another one. It is the little people, 44 little people against the elephant. Mm. If you do want to see the result, I think it'll probably go. It's a landslide victory. But, but there's a sprinter who takes on. Two animals. What sort of animals do you think, Mars, are that, they, that the, a sprinter would take on? A gazelle? Something like that? Close. A cheetah? A giraffe. A giraffe. A giraffe. Which, Obviously. It win, it, which the human wins hands down. Very slow out of the blocks, the giraffe. I saw that neck. And he doesn't realise he's in a race as well. He doesn't realise he's in a race. Oh, that's what they say about the bear. The bear doesn't realise this is the competition. <laughs> <laughs> the giraffe won by head. It didn't even move. <laughs> Stretch forward. And then, uh, because it was such a you know convincing win, the sprinter, you got to sound yeah, you got a sense of like, uh, Ashton Brothers, you got any uh, other animals in the, in the play? Yeah, <laughs> well, it's just Zetland, so what are going to do? They bring out a zebra. That's right. <laughs> they bring out a zebra, and sure enough, the, once again, he's on its start, and the human's on the starting blocks. The zebra's in a cage, similar to uh, a greyhound. They release the, the zebra, which you might have gets a, a good start. He gets trounced. Then it cuts to Carl Lewis. Yeah, who's, who's the uh, driving mic? Yeah. Driving mic is like, what's your problem? To the to the sprinter, he goes, well, listen, the zebra broke. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he started complaining. You think Ziggy or whatever the, the zebra's name is referring to? By you know, Stardust actually had his. You know, it was it's quite clear that it got out of the block. I was still on my head. So they had a rematch. Yeah, he demanded a rematch. You know, it was better than any Maurice Green or uh, you know any of that sort of anti. So they had a second race, <laughs> and I won't tell you the result, but. Suffice to say, the human got a great start in the second half. How fast do you think a zebra is, Rich? Because it looks like a slow horse. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't look like you're thoroughbred. They've got a lot of rump. A lot of rump. A lot of high water push. Yes. 60, 70 k's an hour? You have to wait and see. Richard Martin does spend a lot of time checking out zebra's asses. So he yeah, yeah. You know that the notes zebras are the same. That's easy. That's, they're like fingerprints. Oh, zebra yeah, zebra yeah. patterns are the same as humans' fingerprints. Yeah, it takes yeah. a long time to dust a zebra. Scott Helverson, who's oh. a Navy SEAL. Oh, this is a beauty. Oh, no, I saw this one. I, I saw this. It was him. Won a race against a chimpanzee for an obstacle course. And he just, he destroyed him. We were out in the desert in, in Nevada. 
And uh, <laughs> who are you going to be honest? The chimp. Okay. The chimp, because uh, the chimp does a little bit of sort of like histrionics at the start. So they're running. I thought they might have been driving. Honestly, <laughs> the chimp's got the cigar. <laughs> Eastwood riding shotgun. No, they uh, they've been running a thing. But at the start of it, he's a 37 year old Navy SEAL. So he, he's pretty fit, but maybe he's starting to lose it. You know, maybe he's had his heyday. And the chimp starts, and the first one is a rope climb. So they kind of go up the rope, and the chimp has. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know. That's what he, he's an idiot. <laughs> when he gets to the rope, the chimp kind of looks around, starts chewing it, and you can see the trainers going up, up, up. And the Navy SEAL beats him. But there's this weird moment at the end where he wins the race, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah!" In your face, he starts giving the chimp something. Yeah, evolution. That's where it ends up. All right, that is man versus beast. Man right. versus beast. I don't know when the second one's on. It's an older show, but mm. just finally, there, there is uh, a sumo wrestler taking on uh, oh, a ring of in the tug of war. That was fantastic. Cage fighting? Any cage fighting? Not yet, Rich. Not yet. Man yeah. versus beast. But you probably could get to it via to get this uh, website. Yeah. What about a wrestler yeah. and uh, fire ants, just something. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's, there's no many we can come up with. That's probably a good bonus <laughs> right there. But hey, we've got to uh, save the Australian film industry. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to help us with that? Sure. sure. I've been doing my best to ruin it by accepting jobs for years. Fueled <laughs> by a cocktail of toxic chemicals. <laughs> Triple M, Angus Sampson is with us. You were here the other day, Angus, and you mentioned that uh, you've been back and forth to the States and you've had some good news and there wasn't time to find out what it is. Well, I, I, I don't, I'll tell you off air. Oh, okay. But, um, we always do this. Because they ask about things you can't talk about. Like sure. that Spike Jones movie. Have you seen any of it yet? You wouldn't even be able to answer that, would you? I have. I have seen some of What have they done to you? Um, you can't say. <laughs> My good side. Um, Ed's just opening something in front of us. Sorry, Tone. But I think he's getting distracted that someone sent him. Yeah, yeah probably. Well, it's food. Yeah, it is food. Somebody called Paul has come in and said he's, he's given me a box, right? And it's a Milky Bar Crackle box. You know how much I love Milky Bar Crackle. It's all the deliciousness of Milky Bars with the added crunch of rice bubbles. It's genius. <laughs> but in its simplicity, Rich. It's the, it's the merging of textures. You yeah. think that... Never the, two, the twain shall meet, but they do. So anyway, so I'm expecting something delicious. I open it up, and it's a box of sand. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was brown sugar. No, no, that's sand. That's a computer, according uh, to the internet. Yeah. Was, that was one of the things that happened while you were away. A bloke was convicted of selling boxes of sand on the internet and claiming they were computers. Yeah. Wow. So Paul, like so Paul decided, and I got all excited. I would say, Goose, do you want a Milky Bar Crackle? And he said, I'd never have one, but I'd like to. So thanks, Paul. All right, we... Thanks very much. What were you going to say? You've got strong opinions about confectionery. I do, I do. <laughs> I, have, I was actually separate to this going to ask you what your favourite chocolate bar was. Mm. Oh, something good. What's your position on clinkers? Oh, uh, my beautiful girlfriend loves them. Mm. She, I buy them for her all the time. Mm. I also get clinkers, yeah, uh, which are black and gold version of... Uh, oh, really? Yeah, the... Che- the uh, <laughs> The uh, cheaper version. Okay. Speaking of clinkers and clunkers, let's talk about Australian movies. That's what we're here to talk about. Is that a gear Now that you've got this good news that you can't talk about, 
I'm saying that you're uh, further up the industry ladder. You're an industry guru. Nay, Mandarin. He's a <laughs> green light goosey. Green light goosey. Yeah. You're a bit of green light. A few things to We're going to get the listeners to call in with great pictures for Australian movies, and you can just put in your two cents worth and maybe pull some strings and get a mate. I think. Well, I was going to ask you, are you, are you writing another film? Are you writing another feature? I did make another film uh, called Boytown Confidential. That's or right. the DVD of Boytown, and it's uh, not being released. Uh, well, I thought you, said, you told me it was the best stuff you've ever done. Yeah. If you're a Tony Martin fan, well, then that's going to be amazing. We've got to get a petition happening or something. Uh, I think there might already be one on nerdsville.com, wherever <laughs> that is. But that's a whole, we're sizzling up that controversy sure. later in the sure. year because okay. our lives have so little meaningful activity. <laughs> We've got to space it out over the year. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you know, a lot of Aussie films don't have sure. appealing pictures. Here's the one coming out now. It could be brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's Eric Banner. It's uh, directed by Richard Roxburgh. Yeah. It's called Romulus, My Father. I don't know anything about it. It may be excellent, but listen to how it's described in this morning's age. Oh dear. This is in the age of this morning. Romulus, My Father is an unremittingly sad story of an immigrant couple both beset by depression. Now... Pass the popcorn. <laughs> it may be great. There have been excellent films on that very theme, but, it's you know, there's all sizzle required. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that's the... I guess I'm, to add a touch of seriousness to it, but it's how it is packaged. I guess yeah, there's, right. an, there's an expectation that the films will be a, a derivative and a generic that you can package, you know, that then you can open a, a, a daily newspaper and they can can hang a picture of, you know, a recognisable yeah. actor or actress yeah. and they can say that it's cliffhanger meets yeah, it's it's meets yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. cliffhanger meets picnic and hanging her off. <laughs> so Miranda would be abseiling. <laughs> See, now there's a great idea right there. Good on you guys. Already we're kicking off. Do you guys know John Lithgow or his presentation? <laughs> we could... We could get him out. What's your pitch here, Kevin? Come on, try it out. Yeah, listen to this. I've got this from... Uh, from the world of television and telemovies and such. And in the, in the States, they're all lording it up because Australians are doing so well. Mm. Uh, Australian beauties, it says in the paper today, Miranda's Otto and Francis O'Connor, but two of the lucky ones as Cashmere Mafia was picked up by ABC over there. Described as the thinking woman sex in the city mixed with the wit of the devil wears Prada oh. from Darren Starr. Okay. Sweet. I don't know how much he's getting paid for that, too. Do you? See? He's a Mandarin. We have the, uh, we have the same agent now. Oh, uh, okay. So I'm going to pitch this. From the team that brought you up late with hot dogs comes a new drama setting the hectic world of advertising. Ben Lawson from Neighbours plays a street-smart pre-ops who's unlucky in love. Over 80 weeks, see this gender-bending fish out of water find love in all the wrong places. Guzzi has his head in his head. So, you, you, when you say jo- uh, Josh's brother, is it? Yep. He, we, he's actually attached, he's committed to this project. Big time. Okay. Um, who, who have you got uh, directing it? You. <laughs> you do look the same. Yeah, so, yeah, it's either you or Rich or Marsland. It's Marsland's directorial debut. Uh, Marsland. Now, yeah. what do you need to get this film made? Money? Well, Ben needs to have some operations because <laughs> he's going to have to be pre-ops. So that's there's I'm going to need money for uh, you know hell hormones. <laughs> I need a set for an advertising agency. And you need hell to breathe over. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say just before the listeners uh, we start taking any of their calls, mm-hmm. all they have to do is just have a, what a two-line pitch. Two-line yeah. pitch. Two-line pitch. The, the, the school the school of pitching, Tony will be able to back me up on this. Is 
you need to be able to say it in one line. Yeah, so for example, my one is simply Quigley Down Under again. <laughs> again. It could be as simple as that. Give us a call with your pitch for Green Light Guzzi. One triple three five three. Do you see what I see again? This on triple M brought to you by the Nissan Navara with its huge pulling power. Do these movie pitch ideas? Have huge pulling power. Green light, Guzzy Sampson will decide that. Who's got one, Ed? Hi, Peter. How you going? Great. What's your idea, brother? It's called Euphemisms, the life and times of a funeral director. Oh, how does that work? Well, I was a funeral director for seven years. Yep. And I got some great stories. Yes. It's based around a few characters and um, things like this old bike used to work there, knew everything. Yep. And he was showing us once how you get this pacemaker and he, and he put the two ends together in the, the other side of the mortuary. It's a bit of a dead end job, but uh, hey. has there been much of this kind of stuff that was obviously six feet under? Mm. Well, I was just wondering, is there a site on the internet where I can sort of uh, get the, the basis of a, of a script so I can actually turn into a script? Oh, <laughs> Was that the Too Twisted, the, yes. Uh, you could go to Brian Brown's site. Uh, yes, Brian Brown's site. Well, who, are you, who do you want to play you, Peter? Who would you like to play you? Oh, good question. Realty? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Gussie. Dan, Dan, Dan Wiley's a very versatile actor. He's handballing it off. Yeah. That's not a good start. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to go with you for this. Uh, who else has got a Thank you, Peter. Hi, Jason. How are you? Hello. Uh, mate, what are you pitching? Alright, that's called uh, Jerry and Bill, the shit genie. <laughs> what happens? Basically, Jerry's your typical Aussie bloke, you know, a bit of a home handyman specialist. So yes. he, he sends the wife and kid off to the mother-in-laws for a week while he's supposed to stay home and um, build the extension on the house. Yeah. First day out, he's out digging post holes, as you do, yep. and he comes across uh, Bill, the shit genie, and he's stuck in his lamp. <laughs> Make sure you pitch it before the end of the financial year. For the, uh, uh, the I do have the idea copyrighted, though. There you go. Good idea. So yeah. now when you say he's, uh, well, he's clearly an inadequate genie, what sort of stuff does he do wrong? Well, everyone has the misconception of what genies can and can't do. And, uh, well, you know, Bill's role in life is to sort out people's misconceptions. Plus, he's been stuck in the lamp for a good couple of hundred years. So he's a bit out of date with modern society. But, you know, he basically can't do things like uh, world peace, end famine, all things like that. Because everything has a nasty twist to it. You have to be very careful on your three wishes because they'll probably bite you in the ass. Could you not ask for unlimited wishes? Well, that's one of the wishes you can't wish for. Because, you know, he's got a contract longer than your arm. Yeah, that's, I always, even as a kid, I knew you'd have to get lawyers in to do their free wishes thing properly. It sounds like something Brendan Fraser might do. Oh, oh, all right, yeah. Bill, the shit genie. Can we go better than that? Guy, how are you? Very well, thank you, Ed. Uh, what do you got? Got a buddy comedy. I'm describing it as a uh, Deadwood meets Big Trouble in Little China on the 19th century Ballarat Goldfield. Oh. <laughs> It's a sovereign hill kind of version of Deadwood for starters. But we you uh, you get your and you've got basically your uh, rush hour buddy comedy right there. Oh, I know on board. Have you um have you a uh, rating that you go is it is it gonna have the same colourful language as Deadwood? Well, um 
every kind of crime has been covered on Police 10 oh, yeah, yeah. They pull something new out of the bag. Constables Peter Ott and John Chappell have been called in to deal with an unusual complaint. We just want to sort it out, find out that since obviously someone here, someone wouldn't really make an allegation like this or, you know, this like the man's been reported masturbating at his bedroom window. Jack's claiming that he didn't realise the curtains were open and the neighbours are just being vindictive. <laughs> Land of a long white cloud. <laughs> Is it like that? Oh, you, you know, it's not good for your flatmates either. You're bringing a cloud over them. <laughs> well, if they stand on the balcony, what do they expect? Uh, don't worry. Hey, don't worry. Oh, it was sorted out. Well, it's all pretty strange. All police can do is warn Jack off making a public display of himself. <laughs> Jack, did they mean that? They meant it. They must have meant it. The guy's name was Jack. <laughs> Possibly an accident. Christ. But then you go, okay, that guy's in a bit of trouble. Bit of trouble. But what's he got on the roof of his house? Outside, John Chappell spots another reason for local unease. What is it? What, I, was, what, I saw that when I came. What, what's the uh, what's the go with the flag? Nazi semen. You into the whole Nazi gaggle war? Yeah, bro. Yeah. German all the way, man. Is that on? Oh, yeah, bro. I'm into that Nazi gear, German all the way. He's got a Nazi flag. So he's standing in the front window of his house. Taking care of business while swastika flies overhead. Welcome to New Zealand. Great tour. We need a star map tour. Yeah, a police 107 star map. You get off the plane in New Zealand and then someone hands you a map. Right. First things first, this morning we're going to be seeing the guy in the window with the flag. He's performing at 10, 11, 15, 12, 15. He has a nap after that, but he's back on at 6. Oh, it's worth on the Crime Investigation Network on cable on, cable on Fox Hill. And obviously it's 24 hours, so they need a lot of crime to fill it up. So it's amazing how much they're getting from across the Tasman. The, um... Well, I'll, I'll give you one back then. A friend of mine, Alex Flowers, um, a marketing guy, a promotions guy in Sydney, and he's bringing out a, uh, someone for New Year's Eve. His name's Vanilla Rice. Oh, uh, uh, really? Sure. He's bringing out Vanilla Rice. Well, someone's bringing out Vanilla Rice, and he's like, in, he's, you know, getting him to do a few things for, for Alistair. He's getting him to do some stuff in Sydney. He sent me uh, a letter that Vanilla, or whatever his real name is, um, Van Winkle, or whatever, yeah, 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 Van Winkle uh, has sent to him. And uh, he talks about some of his projects that he's had and he's yeah. coming up. And his latest television project, The Side of the Surreal Life and, uh, and um, Celebrity Boxing, yeah. Yeah. is Celebrity Bull Riding. True story. Killer Ride on the back of a bull. How long can he last? That's up there with the you know, police show. Well, maybe not as good as um, Jack Off, or if that was his name. But uh, celebrity ball riding is right. He's trying to picture. He's a ride. All I can picture is people riding Rosie O'Donnell and Don Delilix around an arena. Yeah, while they try and buck them off. Well, Edward, am I only celebrity? Um, and I, I'm pretty sure Joe Stanley do this, um, is celebrity weightlifting. <laughs> <laughs> so, everyone, one thing is, why would you not 
get celebrity weightlifting in Australia. I mean, we'd have just a fiscal interest in it. We wouldn't have to, you know, lay claim to it. And we could just have the, uh, you know, as a celebrity. You get him into training, Phelps, he'll be into it. Phelps, he'll be into it. Maybe Dingo, he's got a long reach. He'd be great on the snatch. Lorio, he'd be so on the celebrity weightlifting. Chris could happen. Is it months? That jockey? The jockey? He's in jail. So he's into weights. Education um, Minister Julie Bishop. Julie Bishop? I'm serious. Bendy. Bendy. You see how much they can lift at the start of the program. Great idea. You train them up and we, you know, we imagine the three, the three beeps. And you have the celebrity people on the light, you have Bob Mirovich on the light. Kevin Wood could be doing the production. Joe Bagner is one of the judges. Kevin Wood could do, he could be the ready to rumble, except he could make you bar up. Celebrity weightlifting. Ed Cavalli, you could be, you know, this could be your nutrition. Yeah, you could have a chat. You could have product placement, whoever makes chalk. Too many good ideas. This is the latest we've ever run here at Kids. We'll be back to wind things up in a moment. Thank <laughs> you.